and welcome to Roll Out the Barrel, the show hosted by two fans, uh, two UK fans of the Milwaukee Brewers. So I'm sure and you can find me on Twitter at Haders Hair. And with me, as ever, is Mr. UK Brew Crew himself, Mark Lewis. How are you, Mark? Hello, mate. I'm very good. Yeah, I've had a very different week this week. So, uh, so yeah, what uh, yeah, about yourself? Yeah, and you know what? I was so I was watching uh, BT Sports um, this morning, and um, there was a, a good-looking young gentleman on there. He looked awfully suspiciously like yourself, Mark. I believe <laughs> um, is is now the time to let the nation know that you have made your TV debut. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, on uh, BT Sports um, Caps Off program uh, doing a National League prediction. Um, and obviously, I don't know if you saw it, I had managed to conveniently put a Christian Yelich jersey in the background just so that everybody knew I was a Brewers fan. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit surreal seeing myself on the TV. I started to get used to listening to my voice, but seeing my face also attached to the voice is <laughs> a little bit more surreal. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, was different. It was different. It's good, mate. Okay, so listen, I mean, exciting times ahead. Um, We've a few days back or a week or so ago now, the MLB put out the new uh, fixture list for this 60 game fixture list for the abridged 2020 season. The good news is that we kick off against the Cubs, which I think is great. And we'll talk through that in a minute. But um, we have a, a very special guest on the show today. Somebody from the other side. Um, somebody we don't from the dark side, really. He's a he's a Cubs fan, and he's the uh, he's the UK Cubs guy. So he he hosts the official Chicago Cubs uh, Twitter feed, uh, and that's Mike. Mike, welcome to the show. Good morning. I uh, I feel like you're going to edit in some some booze and some uh, <laughs> some jeering in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That'll just be me and Mark. <laughs> good idea that one eh <laughs> yeah. that's good thanks so, for having me on no it's a it's a pleasure and uh yeah as i say you must feel like you've been dropped behind enemy lines a little bit been on a brewers podcast uh, but we're going to be gentle so yeah i mean we we start the season on the 24th of july against you guys at wrigley looking forward to that yeah i think it's um it's 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 going to be great i mean we've been waiting for this for so long now um and there was talk for so long that a season might not even happen this year and 2020 was going to be written off completely mm-hmm. so to get you know thinking it's in two weeks time it's you know it's, it's, it's going to happen it's going to happen at Wrigley with, with yourselves who have probably been our, our closest divisional rival for the last couple of years it's yeah it's, it's incredible that we're going to get some live baseball soon it really is obviously behind closed doors it's going to be a different feel entirely but I'll take any baseball at the moment, so yeah, really, really, really excited. And I think it will be a good little mini series to start up. I think so. I mean, I I love this. I mean, I tweeted when this first came about this this new Central League, and you got the Eastern League and the Western League, and you know, it's, it's the kind of bat, the battle of the Central Leagues, and um, yeah, I think I find that a really exciting prospect. I mean, in a minute we'll go through those teams that we're all going to be up against for this this season, but I, I quite like the thought of. Um, being crowned the Central League, not just the not just the National League, but the Central League <laughs> champions. I'm not saying we're going to do it, but I am hopeful, you know. But it's uh, yeah, I just think it's an exciting spin, and they've had to try and pull a rabbit out of a hat on this one, haven't they, for the season? So I think what they've done makes sense logistically, makes sense from a safety point of view, and even though the COVID cases in the states are still rising, it's it's very alarming. Yeah, I'm hoping that if everyone's sensible and safe, that we'll get through the season, and uh, it should be exciting. Yeah, I think they'll um, they'll get through the season regardless. I think that with the uh, introduction of the COVID injury list, so um, I think yeah. once it starts, that they'll get going. I mean, I know they've um, they've been doing something similar with the American Association Independent League, where the Milwaukee Milkman play, and they had a couple of players test positive for uh, COVID. Uh, they yeah. pulled them and isolated them, and the rest of the games have been going on. So. I'm quite hopeful the MLB will do similar, so yeah. it should be all right to get the season finished. I, I was a little bit sceptical to begin with, but um, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I see what's going on. I think we, we should be all right. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely. And there's and there's obviously some rule changes for the for this season, obviously, because the game is very different. So let's have a little chat about those. So so every team has a, an up to 60-man uh, player pool, they're calling it. So from that, your, your roster has to be picked from that 60-man pool. Lots of clubs playing at two different venues at the moment in what's been called Spring Training 2.0. I know the Brewers are playing at, at, at two venues at the moment. Is it the same with the Cubs, Mike? Um, yes, I think it is. 
And it's been interesting. I'm sure you guys have been watching some of the uh, the scrimmage, as they're calling it, these shortened, abridged games recently. I mean, they've been free to air, which has been great just to watch and to just to you know to see what's going on. It's uh, really weird, you know, empty stadiums, lots of echoes. I don't know whether for actual games they're going to pipe in any crowd sounds in the same way that they are for the uh, for the Premier League football in the UK. But I think that would add a little bit, even though it's we all know it's pretend. It would add a little bit, I think, a little bit of atmosphere. Yeah, I can't I can't watch any of the uh, silent Premier League games, unfortunately. It's just too eerie. I really, I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I actually prefer the the non crowd. Yeah, it, it just drives me nuts hearing this. It's almost like EA Sports kind of like oh when a shot is nowhere near on target. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? So I well, like, reverted the other way and, and listened to the bad language instead. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the 60 man pool. Obviously, you haven't got a 60 man roster. The roster size has to be cut to 30 players before the start of the season, uh, which is actually the 23rd of July, isn't it? It's the day before the Brewers and Cubs play. And then it gets it's it gets cut again with over a quite short period of time. So we have two weeks after we start, it's cut to 28. And then two weeks after that, it's cut again to 26. And on that, they have relaxed or they have waived the, the, the limit of 13 pitches for this season as well. I mean, from from a Cubs point of view, Mike, how is that going to affect um affect you guys? To be honest, I mean, it may just be that we go with with three catchers this year. There was talk about us having three catchers on the roster when it was the original twenty twenty six. Um, mm-hmm. so for it to go up to thirty, and obviously we'll talk about you know the 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 designate, um universal DH this year as well. Um, yes, we may we may use some of our catchers as as a as a DH this year. So we may put a third catcher in, almost just like as a backup catcher, who probably won't be um, at, at, used as a designated hitter. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I, I reckon we'll just pack loads of pitching in. It will be the standard squad, maybe a third catcher, and then as many relief pitchers as we can probably put in. Yeah. Thoughts, Mark, on that? Yeah, I think likewise, we'll do similar. Um, I mean, obviously the Universal DH, we've got a, a couple of different problems. We've got... Um, I say problems, Kestner Hira and Ryan Braun. So the Universal DH enables us to, to utilise them a bit better. And uh, yeah, likewise, I think we've got some some pitching prospects that will probably help the bullpen uh, with the extended roster. Um, and obviously, we've been talking most of the off-season about uh, Manny Pena and uh, Navias um, as to who's mm. going to be the catcher. And, and obviously, we, we seem to agree that Navias is a better hitter than catcher and Pena the other way around. So... Uh, yeah, maybe they might bring up Nottingham to to have a backup as well. I don't know, but um, yeah, I think we're um, the the DH is really going to help us out, uh, and we can utilise some of the the players like Brock Holt a bit more. Yeah, defo. And as as we've said before, you know, numerous times, it gives us a lovely slot there for uh, Ryan Braun as well, doesn't it? So yeah. uh, or even Omar Navarez if we played him as a DH. And I think the, the one good thing about that sixty man player pool, I suppose, is I mean, obviously. You know, the tragedy of this season is that there's no minor league baseball at all. So a lot of those guys have sort of gone out to grass, really, haven't they? And um, the, this, this 60-man pool of players, it's at least it's giving those prospects and those better minor league players a chance to play. I've noticed quite a few AAA and AA uh, Brewers players in that uh, 60-man pool. So it's obviously good for the team to keep these guys active. And obviously, it's good for the player themselves as well. No, agreed, agreed. Like I said, it was a, it was a bit of a travesty when, when minor league baseball was cancelled and everyone was kind of up in arms about it. Obviously, these people's livelihood that you're talking about um, mm. and their dreams of becoming, obviously, a, a major league baseball player. So, I've had the end of the I'll be trying to do something to keep some of these guys on the roster, at least yeah. in that. I don't know if you saw on Twitter during the week, I put a poll up about um, whether, we in the, uh, whether we include Garrett Mitchell in that 60-man roster. Yeah. Um, obviously, our number one draft pick, and I it was something like 60-40 said that no, it's a little bit too early for him, but 40% where we yeah, why not give him a chance? Seeing as we've got the option, I mean, we've only chosen 58 people on our roster at the moment. Yeah, so I mean, as I say, it's giving the minor league guys a chance to keep their to keep their arm in or, uh, or their eye in, um, which is, which is really good. And they've added um, a COVID category, of course, as we'd expect to the IL. Should they should they choose uh, need to use it? And I think it's accepted, isn't it, that um, teams are players are going to come down with the virus. It's just impossible to, um, to 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 stop that happening. But teams are prepared for it, I think, and they've got uh, pretty good mitigation procedures in place for when they do have an issue like that. Yeah. 
If you look at the current testing numbers, it's actually looking quite positive. Um, they, they, certainly, um, it seems to be going kind of down in regards to the amount of positive cases. The players yeah, yeah. seem to be, obviously, they're training and kind of in their own little bubble and obviously social distancing as much as they can. Um, it seems to be working. So, I said, hopefully, you know, it's going to continue to fall. And, you know, a number of the players that are playing obviously won't, won't contract this horrible virus. But, yeah, like you said, that they the teams now seem geared up to be able to deal with it if, if, if they do. Um, obviously, we've got some people that have pulled out of this season. The, the, the family commitments of uh, sorry the commitments of not being in family for the best part of a couple of months which you can understand so yeah you know like we said it, it's good that we're getting baseball back but you can kind of understand why some people have kind of taken a step back this year yeah did you see uh, Brock Holt talking about the, uh, the the decision whether to play or not this week yes. on uh, the Brewers um, did. and he was saying that yeah he doesn't feel like he's got a choice it's because he's only on a one-year contract uh, yeah. at his age if he doesn't play this year he could have played his last baseball game in effect so you know yeah, it's, it's difficult decisions for some of these players it's not just a straightforward do I play do I not do I want to put myself at risk you know and I think he's got a young family too you know and he, he had to really think about whether he wanted to put his family at risk it's a massive like decision said, you know, isn't it exactly like yeah he's got to take for the contract because you know he might not get another chance afterwards so yeah it's it's um it's hard decisions everywhere isn't it really you know yeah i, I think definitely that hopefully mlb can can buck the trend of, of what the rest of america is doing and, and the cases will become relatively small and the bubbles that they're using will kind of remain virus free fingers crossed i, I think i think from is brock holt's wife pregnant as i well think at the moment, so I think. yeah um, yeah i believe so. an extra an extra level to this He's 32 years of age. As you say, he's on a he's on a one year. I think it's three and a half million dollar contract from memory. Yeah, with um, a club option, believe, right. isn't it? Yeah, yes, it's it's a, it's a show me contract, and he's nervous, and it's it's. I mean, this is Brock Holt. This isn't some some kid who's just rocked up. You know, this is no, a guy exactly. who's been playing the Red Sox, and he's got a lot of pedigree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, he's had to. Uh, it's the real human face of the game, isn't it? He's had a decision to make there. Does he, you know, does he stay at home? protect the family and and potentially never play baseball again. You know what? I think it was he was refreshingly honest, wasn't he, in, in, yeah. in what he's had to do. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to respect him for that. And I understand that, of course, it's all about protecting our own families. Of course it is. But there's also that other element to it as well where your life has to go on yeah. and um, you, know, you can't just completely stop everything. And uh, I did I listened to what he had to say. I thought it was very interesting. It just shows, doesn't it, how these players are torn between, you know, in both directions. But again, his wife's completely supportive, isn't she? So, yeah. Okay, so let, let's get into the nitty gritty of the pod then, boys. It's all about baseball. As we said uh, earlier, we, we kick off the season against the Cubs on uh, Friday, the 24th of July. Yeah, it's a midnight yeah. start, I think, isn't it? 10 yeah. past midnight. Uh, okay, it's um, Saturday, right? The second one's the, the UK friendly time. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday, yeah. I believe, are um, 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock, I think, mm-hmm. something like that. So, yeah. But that's, that's the, the we've Fantastic. been slated down, haven't we, by some of the uh, Brewers' Twitter to be uh, joining them for a beer and uh, watching the game live with them, haven't we? <laughs> Yes, um, uh, there, there will definitely be some live tweeting during that game. And I know, Mark, we, we, I mean, we'll, we'll get to yourself in a sec, Mike, but I know, Mark, you were a bit dissatisfied with the, the allocation of home and away games yeah. between the Brewers and the Cubs. It, it's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Because you think 60-game season, you're going to play 40 games against your divisional rivals and 20 games against yeah, the AL Central. Now, common sense says five home, five away. So where is the split of seven at Wrigley Field and three at Miller Park come from? And is it we've got six at Miller Park against the Reds, but four in Ohio? Likewise, I think the Pirates were playing four at home and six away. I don't get why they've done that. The logic to it, I guess, is because they like to play three-game series as opposed to five-game series. But there's a, an imbalance then of teams traveling and we've been quite lucky in the fact that we may be playing at Wrigley Field seven times but we're we're traveling the least amount of miles of any team in in the whole of Major League Baseball this year. Are you, are you pleased with the split Mike? Yeah I mean um, within our 40 game interleague schedule we're seven and three across the board um, so we've got obviously seven at home against you guys and seven at home against the cards but then on the flip side of the coin, we've got seven away at the Reds and then seven away at the Pirates. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll play the Pirates um, anywhere. 
Yeah. So to be honest, I, I think, and I, I know we'll probably go into it a bit further. I think you can you can probably chuck a dustbin lid over the four teams in the league. It's like not sorry, and they're probably sick of people slamming them, but not including the Pirates. Between the Reds, Cards, us, us guys and you lot, I think it's going to be so close. And I think where it's going to be won, I don't think it's going to be on the Interleague 40 games. I think it's going to be on the AL Central 20 league games. Yeah. That's yeah, where you're yeah, going to Um And yeah. what, what you find, what we found, or what we're looking through the schedule, is that each team will play a team in the AL Central more than the others. So as an example, we've got four games against the Indians and four games against the Royals, but we've got six games against the White Sox obviously geographically they're the closest to us so then you you have to start thinking you're looking at look at the cardinals and i think they've got six games against the tigers and it's like well obviously that's a little bit more of an advantage than playing six games against the twins which i think you guys have got yeah and it starts to then think of like obviously they're doing what they can but yeah i'm happy with kind of i think we've been quite friendly with the schedule kind of worked mm-hmm. quite nicely for us mm. i can see why you guys are, are unhappy that you've only got three at villa park like you said home advantage will matter much in front of an empty stadium probably not but i think that's a big question isn't it yeah. without the support without the fans okay i know that players know the ground and they know where to hit and all that business you know they know geographically and dimensionally the ground better than the away teams but i'm not sure that um, we've seen this in the premier league haven't we I'm not sure the home and away advantage is there, really. Me, personally, I, I'm OK with that, uh, with, with the 3-7 split um, at Wrigley, because the Brewers played pretty well at Wrigley anyway. I mean, I don't yeah, want to go on about game 1-6-3, Mike. You know, I don't want to go on about it. But but we do play well at Wrigley. I'm not too despondent about that 3-7 split. I mean, when you look at the how the 60 games work out, obviously it's 30 home and it's 30 away over the 60-game season. So, OK, more away games with the Cubs. Again, with, with the Pirates, we've got six away and four at home. But then we've got six at home against the Cards. We've got seven at home against the Reds and three away. Twins were split three and three. White Sox were split two and two. Tigers were split two and two. And then we've got three away against Cleveland, so we don't play them at home at all. And we've got three at home against Kansas City. We don't play them away. So, I mean, you know, over the course of the season, it, it, it splits out quite well, I think. And I'm sure there's plenty of other teams who are looking at, at their fixture list and thinking it, does, it feels a bit one-sided to me. I and know, I can only I, imagine, you know, just going back to your point, Mark, sorry, about why it's not five and five, you know, on the interview. I can only imagine that must be as some kind of consequence of trying to fit the maybe the AL games in as well. I don't know. Yeah, true. Um, um, that, I know that, that. That's all I can think of, because I agree with yeah. you. It doesn't really make sense, does it? Because I know that the Red Sox fans are quite unhappy. They've got to play seven of their ten at, at Yankee Stadium. And, uh, yeah, it kind of yeah. seems a bit like, yeah, it, are they are they favouring more fancy teams to be playing at home against their bigger rivals? But, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? You know, it's just, you just want the, the league to be a fair, as fair as possible, um, mm. you know, in this shortened yeah. season. You don't want to try and give anybody a leg up. So, so as far as I'm mm. concerned, the Dodgers should be playing away every week. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with that. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think, Michael, regarding the the AL? So we've got Twins, Indians, White Sox, Royals and Tigers joining, you know, say joining this year. Not quite joining, but from from, from the American League, who are your biggest, uh, your biggest concerns? I think, for me, the, the, the Twins are a good team. The, the, the Twins are a very good team. So it's, it's a toss-up for me between the, the Twins and, and the Indians. The White Sox are improving, and I reckon next year they'll be starting to compete. And then at the moment, the the, the, the Tigers and the Royals uh, are, are not there for me at the moment. So, yeah, so obviously we play the most against the White Sox and I think they'll be a lot closer than, than they have been in recent years. Um, but for me, the, the, the biggest the biggest teams in the AL Central still at the moment are, are the Twins and the Indians. Yeah, I think uh, there's no surprises there, is the mark, I don't think. I mean, no, no. when you look at, it's a very disparate league for me, the, the AL Central. You've got the two standout teams, Twins and Indians. I mean, the Twins are coming in on the back on the back of a 6-23 season last year, over 100 wins. So that was a pretty fantastic season. And then the Indians are at 574 with 93 wins. And then the, at the other end of the league, you know, you've got the Tigers, who were, they were below 300 on the season last year. 47 wins all year. Yeah. Royals at 59 wins, just over 350. Uh, and then you've got the White Sox that are kind of sitting in the middle there. They're, 
They had a 72-89 season, giving them a 4.47. So you're right. For, for me, Minnesota Twins seem to be the team that maybe everyone's looking at in terms of the whole of the central, the central division. I think there's some gentle games for us all to play. You know, I don't think that the Tigers are coming. I mean, they had an absolute tank of a season last year. I'm kind of hoping they're going to tank again this year and give us some uh, and give us some some easy points. But with the the Twins and the Indians, we've got some tough games there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so. Like you said, um, if you can lose more games than the Baltimore Orioles, then you are a very poor team. <laughs> and that is what the Detroit Tigers are at the moment. I mean, yeah. you know, they got first draft pick and they got the pick that the player that everyone wanted this year. So, you know, that they're rebuilding and in a couple of years' time, you know, when we're probably looking at a rebuild, they'll be back at the top of the game. So, you know, the AL Central is very different, I think, to the NL Central in that you've got two teams who are very competitive, the White Sox who are starting to get there, and then two teams that are very much in a rebuild phase. Whereas I think with the NL Central, bar maybe the Pirates, you've got four very, very competitive teams at the moment. Yeah, I think everybody agrees throughout the whole. I mean, yeah. people are struggling to pick a definitive winner from the NL Central, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you've even us. At, yeah, exactly. You've only got to look at the um, the way the divisions finished last year. The AL was pretty much wrapped up with a month to go, wasn't it? Whereas the NL was still very open till the last week. So, you know, um, I, whether that will change with, with the, the rule changes and it being such a short season, I don't know. But yeah, it, it does seem to be the, the more outstanding teams seem to be in the NL and the more dross teams seem to be in the NL and everybody else in the, uh, sorry, in the AL and everybody else in the NL seems to be very even bar a few really. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. It is. I see that the, one of the pundits, um, if that's the right word, uh, on Caps Off show actually tipped the Reds to make the World Series this year to lose uh. to the to lose to the uh, to the Yankees <laughs> in the in the final. The I Reds, thought that was a bold bold, but uh, the Reds are a very good team this year. Yeah. Um, th- they've recruited well and they've got some real good youth prospects that are ready to make the major league. Like uh, is Aquino. Mm. I can't I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but um. The Reds have recruited well. The Reds are going to be a force this year. Yeah, and of course, they stole most, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they've been the busiest team, haven't they? We said yeah. that. I think the thing with the Reds is if they gel, you know what it's like. You can get some great players and they just don't click as a unit. As you say, they, they, they took Mustakis from us on a four-year, $60 million contract. So they've certainly invested heavily. If they click with those prospects that you mentioned as well, Mike, if they click, we could all be in trouble. I'm hoping it's going to take a while for those guys to, to, to gel as, as a unit, and maybe that might buy us some more um, some more some more breeding space. But you're right, and you know what? It's the beauty of, of a, the sport of baseball, isn't it? Teams are cyclic. Um, you mentioned the Tigers. It wasn't so long ago they were a good side. So teams tank and then they get better, and that's the whole. That's that's how it works, and that's why the draft system works so well as well. I was going to say, but I think that's what the the Brewers are trying to break the cycle of. Because obviously, you know, we we were in a bit of a downturn in sort of 2010 going in, uh, and as sort of 15, 16 materialised, we we kind of hit the ebb, and then Craig Council came in. 2017, 2018, we we produced a lot quicker than we we anticipated. Uh, a lot of those big names that we got for those teams uh, have moved on, and we're trying to to fill the gaps with with people with similar sort of numbers that have maybe had a bad season or a bad injury and not use the draft system to try and rebuild. I think we're, we're kind of trying to ebb that uh, sort of tanking system. I think we're, we're trying to stay in the middle now uh, and be competitive year on year. What's it like over at the Cubs, Mike? Going to tank this year? No, but this year's very interesting year for, for the Cubs. Um, as, as Cubs fans, we normally say the big four, um, and they normally mean uh, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez and Contreras. Um, now, between those four, three of them, uh, it's their final year next year. And then Contreras, we've got two years of team control of. So it's going to be very interesting um, whether we, how well we do this year will define what, what we do. If we're in a position where, you know, it looks like we could make the postseason, then we'll just throw pretty much everything, I reckon, at, at this year. So maybe a one big blowout. If it gets to the 31st of August trade deadline, because obviously they've moved it back a month because of the COVID situation. Um, if it, if we get to that and it looks like we may struggle to make postseason, could I see us maybe trading one of the big names away? Maybe. You know, there's a lot of, you know, it's going to cost us a lot of money to keep someone, to keep all four of them. I don't think we can afford to keep all four of them. 
it's going to be interesting whether we we decide to maybe go through a kind of like a a, a mini rebuild or do we go through all in the next couple of years and just go all, all or nothing yeah you're you're expecting to lose some names aren't you so yeah obviously we we're gonna need to, to, to look at kind of saving i mean if you're looking at the moment, Javier Baez is on a 10 million a year contract, which, you know, for a player like Javier Baez, when he hits free agency, he's probably going to be asking for 25 mil. Um, mm. So, yeah, we, we've got to start looking at, at some of our finances. We've got players on big contracts, players like John Lester and Jason Haywood. They're on 30 million a year. John um, Lester. Oh, so. Can this, I say, it's rubbish. He had, he had, a, he had a bad <laughs> season last year. Um <laughs> Watch, watch what happens this year. Obviously, we've got David Ross as, as as coach, and David Ross was John Lester's catcher during the World Series year. So interesting to kind of see what he does with John Lester this year. I think John Lester's going to have a good year this year. Okay. Hope so. Anyway, you <laughs> can't afford him that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a much uh, much mirth to the Brewers uh, the Brewers population um, last season to to watch him crash and burn so well uh really enjoyed that um but yeah like you say of course he's a he's a, he's a good picture you, you don't become bad overnight something went wrong last season i hope it continues i have to say that i'm a brewers fan but you know yeah we shall wait and see so any additions to your rotation this year michael so we obviously lost we lost cole hamels um so technically we we, we were four uh four-man rotation technically if you go on last year however they're one about bringing tyler chatwood who we signed in 2018 he was so poor for us in, in the rotation so we spent a whole of last year in the pen 13 million dollar arm so it's quite an expensive pen arm he actually did quite well um so there's so i think we're going to move him back up to the rotation this year so no our, our rotation is still less than darvish hendricks and we exercised the one year option on quintana's contract so we're there therefore and then chatwood's going to make the fit is it, a, is it a rotation you're confident in this year? Yeah, you know, um, like I said, I, I think Leicester will have a good year. Hendricks is a good pitcher. Um, anyway, Darvish Sorry, had a I'm great Sorry, I'm just writing that down, Mike. Hendricks, how do you spell Hendricks? <laughs> Leicester will have a good year. OK, I've got that now. You're not going to use that down the line, Yeah, Hendricks is a great pitcher. Darvish had a good year last year. It finally looked like we're getting the picture we paid for. Um, and then Quintana and, and Chatwood will just be the fourth and fifth. For me, it's the pen that concerns me more than yeah. anything. It was average last year. It was, it was um, we've lost three good arms out of it. it Sochek went to the White Sox, uh, Kinzer went to the Marlins, and Schwab went to the Reds. We've replaced them with some okay names. Um, Casey Sadler for the Dodgers, good good pitcher. We've also replaced them with Jeremy Jeffress. If we get the Jeffers yeah. of 2018, as you Brewers fans know, yeah. he's a good arm. Yeah. If we get the Jeffers awesome. of 2019, he's not so good. Yeah. So it's depending on what we get. So rotation, I'm, I'm quite reasonably happy with. Penn concerns me, especially if Kimball has the 2019 year. He had as well last year. OK, so uh, in a minute, we're going to have a chat about who to watch out for, really. You know, we can give Mike some intel on some of the, uh, the, the, the Brewers to watch out for. And Mike can... Um, let us know about the Cubs, who he thinks are going to excel this year. Um, let's have a little predictor then. How do we think our season is going to go? We've now we've before we come on 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 air, we all looked at the the 60 games that we've got. We've done a bit of a predicted win for our for our season. So myself and Mark for the Brewers and and, and Mike for the Cubs. What do you think? I mean, I I've let's pick the Cubs first, okay? So here's my prediction against the Cubs. We've got 10 games. We've got three at home, and we've got seven away. So I think we'll win two of the three at home, and I think we'll win three of the seven away. How do you guys see that? Optimistic? Pessimistic? So you reckon, what, a tied series? Five, five, five? I do, yeah. In my head, I had I had six, four Cubs, uh, obviously. Um, so to be honest, I wouldn't say it's far off the mark. Mm. I'd, I'd say it's going to be a close ten games. Yeah. Yeah, it just depends whether we've got the, um, was it 2018 we had a really bad season where every time we went to Chicago we lost. Um, we had something yeah. like six games on the trot, didn't we, where we lost to the Cubs at Wrigley. And then we went to the White Sox and, and got swept there, I think. And we ended up like <laughs> losing nine games in Chicago in the space of about a month. So, yeah, I'd, for me, I think we're, we're going to probably, I would hope we'll win the, the home series 2-1. Uh, 
you never know. We might be lucky and get away with a 3-0. And I think we'll probably just get edged out at Wrigley. It'll probably be 4-3 at Wrigley. Um. I mean, my, my overall prediction for the season, going we won't go through each game individually, but I've been through <laughs> the 60, and I, I'm i predicting a 32-28 uh, season for the Brewers, giving us a, a 5-33 season. How does that compare to you guys? Again, I, I think that's about fair. I had I had 32-28 for the Cubs. Okay. Um, and then, but same with the, the Reds, um, and then uh, you guys, 31 cards around about 31-30. It, it's so close. So the spread, what the whole spread been about? Forget the Pirates, bless them for now, unless they do surprise us all. So the spread across those four, two games, three games? Yeah, I'd, I'd be, yeah. I'd be surprised if it was any any more than that. Yeah, Probably. yeah. I, it all just depends on on one team having a good start, doesn't it? If one team goes sort of five and zero, oh, then mm. it's going to be very hard to catch up with only fifty five games after that to catch up mm. that five game lead. So yeah, yeah. It, it all comes down to those first couple of series, really. Um, you know, if we end up getting swept at Wrigley and then uh, are we away again straight away? Yeah, well, um, we've, we've got three games think, away on the 24th through to the 26th. And then we go back to Wrigley for a four game away series, the 13th to the 16th of August. And then we have them at home for three, 11th to 13th of September. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's. It is all going to be about the start, isn't it? I think yeah. anybody that anybody that gets a, a five or six game start, a, you know, a win streak of five or six games, is going to be pretty hard to catch up the rest of the season. Um, and particularly, like you say, you know, we've been playing against the Indians and uh, and the Twins, who are going to be really really tough games. Um, you know, if we win those series by the, by the one game, then we've done really well. Um, so yeah, so 32, 33 games, I, I would be probably say would would win the division. I think. Speaking of going off piste, one thing that we, we were going to mention regarding rule changes, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts and, uh, on this, is this um, when you go into extra time, this runner on second base thing? What, 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 I mean, that, that, I believe that's going to be in play for this season, yeah? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. yeah. So at the moment, if I've understood it right, the minute you go past nine innings, you start every, every innings after that with, with a runner on second base. Yeah, I'm not sure who gets put on second base or or what, but I think yeah. from from reading, I think it can be it can be a pinch runner. So you can literally put your quickest guy on second. He can pretty much steal third if if he's that quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stack fly. You've got you've got a run on the board. Well, every team will do that. You, you don't yeah. need a good batsman on second base because no, he'll yeah. have already done his batting job by getting so there, right? Yeah. Garrett Mitchell's. Uh, <laughs> 60 yard sprint was something like six seconds yeah. wasn't it so yeah so put him in the roster then just use his speed yeah. you don't have to worry about hitting mate just go in and run run extra yeah, that's huge job get out yeah. to second if we go extras yeah. exactly. <laughs> do, you, do you like the thought of it i mean is it, do you think it's a good move for baseball no. or what do you think it's quite radical isn't it i get yeah. why they're trying to finish games earlier um particularly if you're getting you know if, if teams are getting hit by covid19 then obviously to not have to to play 18, 19 inning games and completely decimate your squad and then have to play the next day. Um, but I really like extra innings. I like games that go to extra innings. They just make them more nerve wracking, more exciting. Um, you know, it's that, that's baseball, isn't it? That's the baseball we've been watching. So, you know, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed by the runner, but I get it. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I'm, I'm, I couldn't understand why they've done it this year. Um, they don't want games to drag on and on and on. But, and they've been doing it in the minors for, I think, the last couple of years now, yeah. or at least last year. Yeah. Um, so I think it's something that they're very keen on trying to push forward. But like what Mark says, I I like, you know, waking up for work on the morning, checking my MLB app and seeing that the Giants versus the Dodgers is now in inning 18. Yeah. They've, got the yeah. left field of, they've got the left field of pitching because their pen is completely blown out. <laughs> they're playing again in four hours. <laughs> no yeah. one's going to get any sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah, positional players pitching, like that. that is always good fun, isn't it? it, it yeah. is. uh, you know what? I mean, my take on it is, I understand it. I certainly understand it in the current climate. I, I just think it should be brought in a little bit later, not straight after the ninth. So maybe, I don't know, if it gets to maybe the 11th innings or something, so you've given yeah. the game a chance to finish naturally, yeah. you know, and go, look, after maybe 11 innings, just saying, it's getting a bit silly now, guys. Let, we need to yeah. get decided. Or, or maybe um, even a time limit, maybe. Because, you know, if a game's got to four hours, <laughs> you know, we need to get this wrapped up. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, possibly. But So I, I do, I kind of, 
I like the thinking. I think it makes sense. Like you say, some games where you're like bottom of the 17th and you're like, half the crowd have gone home <laughs> or they're asleep. And as you say, Mike, when you've got your positional players pitching, which is great to see, but it, it, it sort of it detracts from the game, doesn't it, really? Because you've got people that can't pitch pitching and it it's, gets yeah. a little bit silly, doesn't it? So we think good move, but like I say, for me, maybe you might be right, Mark, maybe time, but in my head, if I said it's after the 11th innings to get a, to get yeah. a, I mean, I'd, I'd get that. I just yeah. don't want it happening after nine. But you know yeah. what? In our current climate, maybe it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I think okay for this season, but I don't want it a permanent. Yeah. We, um, have we have we got to mention um, the little bet that um, Mike's got with um, Nathan at Chicago White Sox? Yeah. So obviously we've got six game series um, against against the White Sox. Um, and you know there's the possibility of a draw, and if, if there is the draw, then it's all bets avoid. But yeah, we've had a, a little a little wager that no, winning... no, if it's a draw, if it's a draw, extra innings. We've just said this. <laughs> the, the winning uh, the winning team or the winning person will will, um, will send a, a shirt of of their obviously their their own team to, to the other person who will then have to wear it and display a picture of themselves wearing it as their profile picture on Twitter. Oh, that's painful, <laughs> isn't it? That's oh, really do, painful. I was going to say, would you do that in uh, in a Cubs shirt or a, a Cardinals shirt, uh, Sean? Oh, my! Our arch enemy's got to be the Cubs, hasn't it? Um, Mike lives uh, 20 odd miles from me, so yeah, I could get in my car and go and put a Cubs shirt on, but it would hurt. It would burn. Yeah. Putting a Cubs shirt on, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, okay, so um, who do we need to look out for then from the Cubs this year, Mike? But what's I mean, it's it's, it's really kind of like the same old names. Um, we that last year we brought a lad up from the minors, um, a guy called Nico Herner, um, and we brought him up um, probably a little bit premature because of injuries etc. Um, and poor form for some of our second basemen. So he may start kind of I know obviously AAA is not, not coming. He may be in our player pool and we may play him. At, at at that second base, um, or we have just signed Jason Kipnis on a one-year deal, um, so he may take that that position. So Nico Herner's probably our best kind of prospect that is probably on the verge of making it in in the majors at the moment. Um, everyone else in our in our kind of prospects at the moment are probably still a good year or two away from hitting the the the, the, the big leagues, as it were. So for, for the Cubs, really, bar Nico, it's 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 your standard names. It's it's your, you have your Baez, it's your Chris Bryant that we still got. Um, Carl Schwarber's going to have a very kind of I think different year this year. Um, he's probably going to he's probably going to be our DH for the majority, or at least the most used. You know, he's he's a, he's a very good power hitter, and his his um, work on the field isn't as good as say some of the others. So Schwarber could have a very good year this year if he's just going to go out to hit. But yeah, there's there's not going to be many people up and coming. I don't think this year. Um, bar Nico. Interesting, because I, I was going to ask you about Carl Schwarber. Um, I mean, how do you think he's fared after after lockdown? Let's be honest, he was a bit of a chunky monkey last season, wasn't he? Last year, he looked good in the sense that in comparison to 2018, Carl Schwarber, mm. he, he certainly shredded. So I'm hoping he's kind of worked hard to keep that off. Another person who's done um, fairly well during lockdown is um, Anthony Rizzo. He's actually lost, I reckon, around about um, a stone and a half. So, like you know, I said, I haven't seen any pictures of Kyle sort of post-lockdown. I'm, I hope he's kept the, the kind of weight off. But then, if he's rolled this year, he's a power slugger. Sometimes you might want to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing is, he's got, he's got to hit bombs, though, hasn't he? Because he's not running four bases. No. <laughs> no. Is he stealing no, no. first and second? Uh, for, yeah, sort of stealing no, no. first and second. He's not stealing. <laughs> But I don't think the words Carl Schwarber and Stolen Base are good bedfellows, are they? I haven't looked at the stats. Maybe they are. I don't know. No, he's, no but he, he hit 38, 38 home runs last year. So decent yeah. return on him in regard to, to power. Um, yeah, I mean, Anthony Rizzo, he's a player I like anyway. He's a good first baseman. Uh, I did see some um, some footage of him, actually. Yeah, he does look, he looks svelte. He's a good player. You know, when we're playing the Cubs, the, the, the two that I normally worry about would be Rizzo and, and Javi Baez who I think you know, is a good shortstop as well uh, it's, it's relieving to hear that you're, you're a bit nervous about your rotation this year but uh, having said that Mark same with the Brewers right we've got yeah. um as we've said many times we've got a bit of an untested rotation this year we've got yeah, a few new have. faces in there and we're hoping those guys fire to give Woody some support yeah 
Yeah, I say we're, we're such a 50-50 season. We could either have a really brilliant season or a really bad season. Um, we've got so many untested, not only in the rotation, but in the, the squad in general. You know, mm. We've got so many new people that have come in. So, yeah, it's, I, I'm optimistic. You know, I've, We've looked at the numbers in a lot more detail and they've had some big seasons. And if they have those big seasons and, like you say, show me contracts, then there's no reason to believe that we're not going to have a good season. But if they don't hit the ground running, and particularly with only a 60-game season, it could become a nightmare. I'm, I'm more of the optimistic side of things, but um, you know, with a short season, with a 162-game season, you've got time to fix it. Uh, I think with a 60-game season, if it doesn't work straight away, we could be in trouble. Yeah, definitely. So I suppose the players you'll be looking out for, Mike, from the Brewers' point of view, obviously Yelich, I mean... You know, he had an OPS plus 179 last year. So Mike Trett was 195. So that shows you where he's sitting. He had a great season. And and, and, Ke- and Keston here was 138 on his OPS plus. I think from a pitching point of view, I just think Freddie Peralta is going to be awesome this year. There was talk about him going on the rotation, but he'll be coming out the pen. And I think he's going to be superb this year. And the, the interesting one, I think, from, from a Brewers point of view, is the closer. So obviously... You know I'm a big Josh Hader fan, obviously. But there's been talk of Corey Kniebel taking, potentially taking that spot, or certainly helping out in that spot. Mm. Um, and I know that a recent um, poll on Twitter from, um, I think it was Matt Carroll, that returned 64% in favour of, of Corey Kniebel uh, being a sort of preferred closer this season, which surprised me a bit, I must admit. But, you know, well, I do understand that people... F- some people do think of Hader as a one-trick pony, but again, he's been working on his variation uh, this year, and I think uh, he's going to be a good closer. But what it gives us is some good options there. You know, I mean, Hader can't close every game, obviously. Gives us some options there, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the last couple of seasons we've been very much a get in front and stay in front type yep. of team, and I think we have to be like that again this year. From a club's perspective, I mean, that, that's surprising for me to hear. Um, the amount of games watched last year when we were one two behind and you had Hader coming at the ninth, it was almost like we might as well just throw in the la- uh, throw in the towel, sorry, because we were getting nowhere. So yeah. to have someone like Hader who's so good at closing, you know, he's probably the best closer in the league at the moment in regard to saves. And to have yeah. someone like Josh Hader and replace him with someone like Corey Kniebel, who again is not he's a good pitcher, but you have to remember he didn't pitch at all last year. Kniebel mm-hmm. had the whole of 2019 off. Yes. Mark's mentioned it's a 60 game, obviously six game season. If, if you slip up a couple of games, it's not that it's not as quick as not as quick a fix as it would be in a regular season. This obviously isn't a, an official Brewers stance. This is really a um, just fans really and guys who have watched the Brewers for several years. You know, Corey Kniebel, you know, he's won awards. He's he's a good pitcher, and they see him very much as that bridge as well from from the from the starter to the uh, to the closer. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a school of thought that he could be uh, a good closer for us. I'm cool with that. I believe I believe Hayder's the better closer, but and and the stats back that up. I mean, he's whips well below 1.85, whereas Kniebel's at 122. I know you can make the stats really say whatever you need them to say, but it, it surprises me a little bit. But maybe just show, as I say, that we got depth in that position. But um, put it this way, I'm not going to change my Twitter handle to. Corey Kniebel's nah. here. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> but it's, so, it's also uh, one of those things, isn't it, that Craig Council would do because he's such yeah. a he, he works in such a different way to a lot of other managers, you know. Yeah. And, and there's so many surprises every year with him that you know you you go, oh, didn't think about that. It it wouldn't surprise me if he does try it. Um, and he just says, well, it's 2020. Doesn't really matter this year, does it? It's not a proper season, or yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a good point, isn't it? I wonder. I mean, of course, everyone wants to win it. And look, if you win the World Series this year, you've won the World Series. Exactly. I know everyone's going. It's not a real one. Well, it is. Everyone has to go into the season saying this is a real season. I know it's shorter, but it's a real season. I mean, there's been shorter seasons before with the players' strike and things of that nature. So. It's not the first time it's happened. But yeah, it'll be interesting though to see if some teams are a bit more, I don't know, maverick in their approach yeah. to some of these games, you know? Yeah. Uh, what can we do just to get the other team? Like you said, you get a good start and, you, and, you, and you're up and running. Maybe it's typical CC to talk about what can I do just to put them off balance to this team? Yeah. What, what sort of left field manoeuvre can I pull? So, yeah, interesting. Would be interesting. Do you remember, was, was, it, was it against, I mean, and as, as a Cubs fan, it's pains me to say, but do you remember when he... Um, 
when he started Wayne Miley against the Dodgers. So yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, brilliant. their lineup with loads of bats and he took yeah. him after one, um, <laughs> one out. out. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Like, that hence why that rule change came in for this season, wasn't it? The you can only have uh, you've got to have three, or or the end of the innings, isn't it? So uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was that was brilliant. Oh, that's a yeah. tip my hat there. Tip my hat. Yeah. No, that was great because he's I, brilliant at playing mind games. Yeah, and I loved it. There was there was a game, wasn't there, against the Cubs where uh, Madden was. Um, was look he was he was looking at Craig Council and Craig Council brought Ryan Braun out as a as like a, a pinch hitter and Ryan Braun was stood there kind of swinging his bat and and he I don't think he was on he wasn't on deck but he was the the one after so he was like stood there swinging his bat and, and Madden's looking at Council as if to say you're not going to bring Braun in at this particular point are you you know as a as a designated hitter uh, pretty much to to try and screw up the pitching lineup and I think um, it it kind of got to the the out happened and then Braun disappeared back in and the actual batter came up so yeah. you could see Madden and, and Council having a little look at each other and Council laughing and Madden sort of tipping his hat. And, your mind games, you know, it's the sort of thing that council does all the time, isn't it? You know. Okay, and then so great discussion there, guys. Um, so we're gonna have a little bit of Brewers versus Cubs rivalry. So Mark, I believe you've invented a little game for for, for us to play, uh, me versus Mike. So take it away. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a fairly straightforward game. I'm basically gonna ask each of you a question turn by turn, and if you get it right, you're gonna give you're gonna get one point. If you get it wrong, you're gonna give one point way to the other person um, and all it is is just a comparison of players who have played for both the Cubs and the Brewers and have they played more games for the Cubs or more games for the Brewers so um, so I'll start with Mike because he's our guest you've marked um, the questions from the 1840s <laughs> <laughs> we weren't playing in the 1840s no we weren't no. <laughs> the Cubs were they still hadn't won a World Series but <laughs> oh, well, yeah. four years ago though four years <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, so pretty much if, if there's seven questions, there's four batters, four, uh, three pitchers. Um, all you've got to do is, is tell me whether uh, they've played more games for the Cubs or more games for the Brewers. Um, and I need to keep score. So I just need pen and paper. Don't worry. I've got my pen here. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Mike, the first person that I have is Tommy Davis. Now, he played for the Brewers in 1969 and the Cubs in 1970 to 1972. So did he play more games for the Brewers or the Cubs? It's right then. You've given me the years. I'm not sure if that's a little curveball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to go Brewers. And you'd be correct. He played 123 games for the Brewers in one season, but he only played 26 games for the Cubs in three seasons. <laughs> so that's one to Mike. So Sean, the next person, Jim Edmonds, played for the Brewers in 2010 and the Cubs in 2008. Did he play for more games for the Cubs or for the Brewers? Let me just check baseball reference. Give me a minute. No, 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 you can't check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, obviously, this is just complete guesswork. Exactly. Um, it's 50-50, isn't it? Jim Edmonds. Uh, yeah, Jim Edmonds. Yeah. Oh, that changes it. I reckon he played more times for the Cubs. He did, yeah. He played 73 times for the Brewers and 85 times for the Cubs. 1-1. One, one. So, Mike, uh, Tyler Houston. Played for the Brewers between 2000 and 2002, and the Cubs between 96 and 99. I'm going to go with the Cubs. That's correct. He played 252 times for the Brewers and 313 for the Cubs. You know what? Suddenly, this game really matters. It does, it does. It? It's a Brewers-Cubs rivalry, isn't it? And, and, and the pressure I'm under now. Deliver for the Brewers. As well. yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here okay, we go. so, Sean, uh, the last of the batters, uh, Cody Ransom. Played for the Brewers in 2012 and the Cubs in 2016. Hmm. I think he played more games for the Cubs. That's wrong. He played for the Brewers more. He played 64 games for the Brewers and 57 for the Cubs. So that's a point to Mike. <laughs> okay, I'll give him that one then. So basically, I'll have to pull the last three out the bag to win, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, if Mike gets this one wrong, it swings back the other way, doesn't it? Uh, so we're now into pitchers. So oh, I don't even know how to say this. I don't know why I chose this person. Uh, Tom Gorzolani played for the Brewers between 2013 and 2014 and the Cubs between 2009 and 2010. I'm going to go Brewers. And you'd be right. 66 games for the Brewers, 42 games for the Cubs. It's an so, unassailable lead, isn't it? It is an unassailable lead, yes. <laughs> it's only a game. Do you want the last two anyway? <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, okay. So um, it'll be you now then, Sean. Uh, me, Bob yeah. Locker uh, plays for the Brewers between 69 and 70 and the Cubs between 73 and 75. Brewers. Ah, oh, Cubs. <laughs> 79 for the Brewers and 85 for the Cubs. You know, this is proving. This is just proving, right, that Cubs are better at guessing than Brewers. That's all it's proving. <laughs> Nothing more than that. Just shows a five-one record. It's going to be quite similar to our first six games, I think. Oh, <laughs> here we go. It's already started. There we go. So yeah, one more last one then, uh, Mike. This one goes to you. So Matt Garza played for the Brewers between 2014 and 2017, and the Cubs between 2011 and 2013. Cubs. Cubs. Uh, no, you'd be wrong. It's the Brewers. So he yes, played 96, 96 <laughs> games for the Brewers and 60 games for the Cubs. Brilliant. So I'll so. make that a draw. Good game. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheers, Mark. Thanks, man. Good stuff. OK, guys. So we're going to wrap the pod up. Mike, thanks for being on the show. It was really good to uh, to talk to you. And I know that it must be uncomfortable for a, a Cubs supporter being on a Brewers podcast. But uh Thanks for joining in, and uh, it was great to talk to you. No, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, to be honest, I've got I've got no qualms really against the Brewers. For me, it's more the cards that I really despise the division. So uh, uh, when you when, as long as you're not playing us, then I wish you well for the rest of the year. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I think we all have a have a joint um, a hatred of the cards, don't we? So I think we can join you. We can join you on that one. So uh, now, thank you, Mike. It's just Harrison Bader. I, I don't. I just, I just despise him. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know I where. See the look from. in your eyes. It's genuinely <laughs> hatred. That it is. is. <laughs> Actually, Mike, I've got got one other question for you as well before you go. Um, you've got your own podcast as well, is that right? Yes. Um. So obviously, I run the kind of page with the help of my my friend Joe Joe Francis. So we have one. It's called um Cubbies Across the Pond at the moment. We haven't actually recorded one for a while, obviously because of what's been going on. Um. You know, there hasn't been much to really kind of discuss. Yeah. Um, tell me about it. <laughs> so you, as 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 yourself as well, though. So no, it will be something that we um that we'll pick back up. But um, I, I don't think I can really plug a Cubs pod on a Brewers podcast. I don't well, think I'm going to get much traction. To be honest, you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we're, I mean, we've always advocated that we, we support baseball in the UK yeah. as well as, as you know, the, the rivalries and stuff. OK, guys, we're going to wrap it up. As ever, you can find uh, you can find me, Sean, uh, on Twitter, at Haders here. And you can find Mark at UK Brew Crew. You can also find the pod at UK Brew Crew Pod. If you like the pod, remember, we like to talk to you guys. We like engaging with you. Please um, send us any thoughts and comments or ideas, maybe things you'd like us to discuss things. You know, if you'd like to be on the show, let us know. And uh, we'll always um, we're a very accommodating bunch. So we will always make time. Mark, until next time, I'm going to wish you adios, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. Hope you have a a good week. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Brewers.